0: We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Good afternoon and welcome into Sports Call here on a Wednesday. I'm Brooks Childress filling in today for J.J. Jackson he is not taking care of company business today. He is getting ready to call Auburn softball tonight as they take on the Alabama State Hornets in a midweek fair, and that is the reason why we will have a shortened show for you this afternoon only on the air until about 4:30 is when we will get off the air this afternoon. Uh I'm joined by Tom Peavy and Cam Berry in studio. We'll also be joined very shortly by our special guest, Tim Gillespie from Hometown Lenders on the Plains. But first let's get this thing a rolling coming up here in about 15 minutes. We'll get to our birthdays and sports. At 330, we'll talk to Justin Ferguson uh, from the AU Observer, or Auburn Observer, I should say. And then at 420 about that, we will get to our Nightly TV guide to wrap up the show. Of course short show means not as many much time to take phone calls so get your phone calls in early and often this afternoon 334-887-341 locally toll free one triple 9 tiger 9 is how you can get on the auburn bank phone line as i said i'm brooks childress wrapping up uh we'll talk a little bit about this but auburn baseball falling to jacksonville state last night five to two at home uh braves world series trophy was in town last night i know a lot of people went out and got their picture taken uh with the world series trophy last night uh, disappointing affair for the Auburn baseball team uh, uh, safe to say the uh, the pitching just didn't get going last night uh, much like it, it it has been the case for a lot of this year it's, it seems like the bats have done a little bit there were some good defensive plays last night from Jacksonville State especially their center fielder just absolutely had a field day last night it looked like Superman several times making his big plays uh, in center field but Auburn baseball could not get the uh, repeat what they did in College Station over the weekend, falling to Jacksonville State 5-2. to two, And now they are off to take on the LSU Tigers for a three-game series starting tomorrow night down in Baton Rouge. So we'll see how they rebound tomorrow night. I'm joined by Tom Peavy. Tom, how are you doing this afternoon? Uh,
2: I'm doing great. Yeah, disappointing uh, loss for Auburn baseball, but I, that is kind of part of baseball. Uh, it. You don't like to lose those midweek games, but sometimes you just can't get the day going for yourself. So, uh, disappointing there. uh, Somebody that was not disappointing, former Auburn Tigers, Sharif Cooper, dropping 42 points. Good. Oh, my goodness. 42. And Uh, a game winner. Seven of nine from three. So, uh, Sharif lighting it up. Is it still G League? Yes. Is that what that's still called, the G League? Yes, sir. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, Sharif. Man, he, he, he's tearing it up.
1: Also joined in studio this afternoon by Cam Barry. Cam, how are you doing this afternoon?
2: I'm great. Um, my Hawks, actually, speaking of the
3: the Hawks, finally above 500. So hopefully we're, uh, you know, shaping up to get into the playoff push. So really excited about that. And, yeah, Shreve Cooper last night, I mean, just went on a tear. He's been killing it. I would love to see him get minutes with the actual Hawks instead of the Skyhawks. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, things things get going over there. Uh, how are you doing, Mr. Tim?
4: I'm doing well. It's been uh, quite a busy day. Uh, it's been a great day for me in the mortgage business. We just got done coming from a closing where a uh, new group of family members just moved into the auburn Opelika area. Yes, sir. Big shout out to Miss Ginger Gary at okay. Keller Williams for a fantastic realtor to work with over there. But uh, it's been a great day, kind of being able to mix the sports world with the, I don't know, it, it, I, didn't, I was out of town last week, so is everybody's bracket as busted as mine? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I Destroyed. do have Duke
2: on one of mine winning it. All right, winning it. Oh, well. I, do. I do. Well, it's well, too bad that.
1: JJ's not here. He'd be yeah, all he'd with you. Loved, he'd have loved to hear my, that.
2: My main bracket for the office, I have Kansas winning it all. Okay, so I'm, I'm still I'm, Kansas is still alive, and uh, that may be it. I, I think, but yeah, yeah. My, I still I think, got Kansas. I think my entire Final
3: Four is wrong. So, <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I,
2: it just I, is I went what it is. My,
4: I went with my heart. Right, a little bit on too many picks. You know, one of mine, I had Auburn in the Final Four, I and one of them, I had Auburn making it all the way to the yeah. championship yep. game. You got to versus Duke. You know, I I had Alabama going two rounds. I think I had Tennessee going to the, final, to the Elite Eight. You know, I I, I had Saint Peter's going to or Saint Mary's going to the Elite Eight. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. You, you'd have had to seen that one way before the oh pregame. yeah. They I think it was in. about
3: I think it was about like point .1% that yeah. had had them going to the Elite Eight. So, it, I mean, you can't even say that's about like, what, 30,000 people, maybe? Yeah, I about that to say, picked the, it. the entire
1: yeah. uh, University of St. Yeah. Peter's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Tim, it's great to have you in here. We had Smitty Grider in here last week, he did a great job. Uh, there's your uh, report card for him being here last week while you were out on the vacation, I hear.
4: First time in two years that I've actually been on vacation other than, than a, a trip with the company. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, so we were able to go and do a little visiting in Cozumel and a little Ooh. visiting in Costa Maya. Okay. With my wife and I, and yes, get sir. away from it. So. Uh, it was a great trip. I knew Smitty to do a great job. He's very comfortable in front of the mic, yeah. in front of people, talking to people. Uh, you know, I kid him a lot. You know, I worked for Smitty for several years as his offensive coordinator. As good a guy as you'll ever want to work for. Uh, fantastic guy. But I kid him now that, you know, the roles are reversed. So, yeah. You know, I say like, like you do sports call today, you know. Right. But, no, I knew he'd, he's a great asset to our, our, our company. Uh, being an Auburn guy, you know, he's been in this area. He coached. You yep. know, coaching for Spence McCracken puts you on a level. Yes. You know, Spence McCracken is on that Mount Rushmore of yeah. high school coaches. So, you know, when you've coached with Spence and, and that, and part of that tree, uh, you definitely got some popularity. So, we're we're proud to have him.
1: Well, before we get to our phone lines here, uh, Tim, you mentioned it briefly about your bracket. What did you think of the basketball action this weekend? What do you think about the uh, Final Four coming up this weekend?
4: Man, I, I, to be honest, I sit back and I, I, I'm just waiting for the next big surprise. Sure. You know, I, I guess you know. I'm trying to figure out in the games that Duke didn't play maybe as well down the stretch. Right, you know, is there really that much emotion for Coach K that's driving this team? Or right. are they hitting the hot spot at the right time? Whatever it is, I mean, if you're a basketball fan and mm. you're a you know if you're a coach's fan, you know everybody's endeared to Coach K. I mean, yeah. you know that that's a guy you want to be. You know, if if you're a basketball, no matter who or any kind of coach, obviously so. I, I, I find myself pulling for him, you know, sure. and, and that. So I've enjoyed watching that. It's been a really fun – I really kind of sometimes if you don't have that – well, you got that one or two people that you really pull for. Yeah. But I kind of like to see the upsets. I like to see the, the jumping oh, yeah. bracket, you, you
3: know? know. The even, the beauty of March Madness. Yeah, is, even though is, what is it like – Especially this year. Has it, been it
2: wouldn't <laughs> be any fun if it was all number one right. seeds in the right. final four. I, it's just like that – Yeah, no doubt. I mean, now it might make for some good basketball in the final four, but – that's no fun. No. But, you know, the, the,
4: the it said, what, there's like seven or eight programs, I don't remember that exact number, mm-hmm. that have been in the Final Four basically over the last, like, I forgot how many years it was. It was really, you know, the Blue Blood teams are really the ones right. year in and year out That's that right. are still your Final Four teams. It's just a group wow. of seven or eight schools. Yep. So, but, yeah, the, the, the upsets are great and uh, a little sad for the SEC, you know. Yeah. yeah. But. Uh, it is what it is.
1: I what saw, or I didn't see the stat. JJ uh, gave this stat out on the show yesterday. And you talk about Coach K, 101 tournament wins. That it just just tournament wins. He's won 101 games in the in the NCAA tournament. If a coach starting next year, if Coach K does not win this weekend, a coach starting next year were to win 16 straight national titles, that's how much it would take to get. To coach K's victory The next co- Closest coach He didn't say who it was Would have to win 16 national titles In a row uh, Win every single One of your uh, Tournament games To equal Coach K's um, Record in the tournament
4: That is oh, that's, that's crazy yeah,
1: That's unbelievable 101 That is And we, you know You look at it That's averaging Two wins per tournament That he's been in so he, he at least wins, you know, he's he's making it out of the first weekend right. every, yeah. Almost yeah. every single almost every single time sweet he gets 16.
2: in there. Every now and then there's that Mercer there.
1: Or the Lehigh or
2: the Mercer throw in.
1: But it it's you get consistently getting to the sweet sixteen. There's like you said, if you are a coach, that's the level of success that you you strive yeah. to get to, that you are that successful over that period of time that you are considered one of the greatest of all time. But also, you have the stats to back it up. Yes. You can say, you know, there's some coaches out there You say they were a great coach, but they didn't have the same record that you see some of these other coaches. There are some – Nick Saban on the football side, uh, Coach K, Roy Williams on the basketball side. There are guys up there – that you see, and they've got the records to back up how great they are. 334 887 locally toll-free 9 tiger 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. And since we've got a shortened show today, we will go straight to the Auburn Bank phone line here. And starting off here in Auburn, it's...
0: Keith from Auburn.
1: Keith joining us. Keith had some really good things to say last week about Smitty Grider. Called in and uh, was chatting it up with him. They, they knew each other from going back a little bit away. So, Keith, how are you doing this afternoon?
5: Hey guys, I, I'm doing doing great. I, I, I wanted to ask Tim a couple of questions if he's still online with you guys All on right. the air. I'm here. Hey Tim, you know uh, I had the opportunity. Uh, both my boys graduated from Beauregard, Guard, and my oldest son, uh, his junior years, when Smitty came uh, came over to Beauregard uh, from I think Central Coosa, and he took a team. That the previous year was one and nine, and I, if I'm not mistaken, with seven and three in the regular season, made the playoffs. Uh, we might have got beat in the first round, but I think we played maybe. Oh, good God! One of those teams up there close to Jacksonville, uh, up in up in that area. But uh, I, you know, I, I watched Smitty for I don't know how many years, coach at Boar He coached my oldest son uh, his junior and senior year, and then he coached my younger son uh, sophomore and junior year. So, you know, I would have to, if I was a bad man, I'd say Smitty as a head coach has got a 75% plus winning rate. Uh, as a head football coach, and I might be wrong on that, Tim. It may
4: be. Think? Yeah, it may be better than that. Uh, it may be. You know, yeah. I, I met. I met him. You know, I, I was a head, head coach for a while. Decided I wanted to get out of being a head coach. A mutual friend put us together. To make the story short, I went to Park Crossing. We had no seniors, and we were playing against the likes of Carver and Lanier and, and, and Lee and people like that that had, you know, mm-hmm. established programs. You know, the first year we were there, Carver had Mac Wilson, who's a pretty good player in the pros right now. They had yeah. Marlon Davidson, who's a pretty good player in the pros right now. <laughs> and they had Ricky Scott. They had all, like their entire defense, I think, went, we Man. beat them in overtime. Sheesh. And, you know, so Smitty, Smitty, it was a fantastic coach and a lot of times yeah, probably yeah. doesn't get the recognition he that he deserves. But, when you go into a place like Beauregard, that if you can correct me if I'm wrong, at that time, or up to that time, had been a little down. They were down. And, You're correct. And then he comes to Park Crossing, a team that's never played a varsity football game in the first year, we go 7-3. and three. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think that speaks volumes uh, for his ability.
5: Absolutely. Yeah, hey, I think he made the playoffs at Beauregard every year that he was there. I may be wrong on that, but uh, if my memory serves me correct, I, and I'm not sure how many years he was there, 6 7 eight, somewhere in there, but I believe we made the playoffs every year that, that he was the head coach. And, uh, you know, <sighs> Coach Grider, uh, I tell you what, when he came into Guard and, and I started, you know, I was watching practices. You know how dads are with kids. You know, you know, if you can show up to practice, you sit up there on the hill and watch him practice. But he ran that football program like a business. And, you know, everything was to the minute, to the tee, and they went through this and they went through that. And, and you know, I, I think you, you hit a home run higher in uh, bringing him on as, uh, uh, you know, with you here with Hometown Mortgage. I think, is that the name of it? it's,
4: Hometown it's Mortgage? Hometown Lenders on the Plains. And that's what, you know, we, yeah. were, we were a good team uh, together. Uh, he was an easy guy to work for. And if you think about it, you know, you're in, in the coaching business, you're fighting for the kids. You represent the kids. That's, right. that's who you represent in the mortgage business you're still representing people you represent people that are buying a home you're representing people that need someone to coach them and guide them so there was a no-brainer when speedy decided to retire and I was offered the branch manager job here that I wanted to reunite not only with my best yeah. friend but with somebody that I knew was going to be a quality person for the community and our business
5: yeah well you, you hit a home run and you know one last question Tim I, I wanted to ask you real quick um, from a football standpoint, uh, Trent, burned over to, you know, the mortgage business. Uh, are, are you like the uh, the head official for Smitty? When it, because, listen, I saw him chew out some officials, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty tough on them guys. <laughs> but by golly, when you play at home, you're supposed to get the calls. You know what I'm
4: saying? <laughs> well, the role got reversed. When he hired me, I was the guy that he was constantly having to say, Hey, I, I need you to shut up, and and so he went more into that when I got there. He went more into the and he still was active, but he was the CEO as well, so he was yeah. always the one telling me to be quiet and get back on and, and well, do my job. So, but fortunately in the mortgage business, there's nobody to holler at, so neither yeah, one of us get to express that. So we just hollered <laughs> each other and be done with it.
5: There you go. And you know, I kind of look back. I, I, I googled you, Tim. Be honest with you. Club, maybe been last week or last weekend and uh, you were the head
4: coach at susan moore for a while and, and also at uh lawrence county I, I was i actually was a susan moore high school graduate my dad taught there okay. I, my son played there and i coached there as well and yes i my first head coaching job was at lawrence county yes okay well i graduated
5: from haskell high school uh, we never played susan moore, but we did play jb pennington uh, when i was in school and lawrence county was in our region but that was back in the uh, well, I graduated in '82, so that was what '79, '80, '81 seasons. And uh, my junior, sophomore, junior and senior year, I, I was the starting quarterback for three years, and we won our region. Or, uh, back then, it was area. We won our area. Uh, my junior and senior year, my junior year, our football team gave up 43 points. Um, I played. I played at Haskell High School. Played for Ray Tally and to me, probably one of the greatest coaches. Uh, in the state of Alabama. Split back Veer? Um, we ran it like, and, and we read every bit of it. You know, as a quarterback, you know, Hartsel. we lost my junior senior year in the first round to Hartsell, Uh And they were state runners up uh, my junior and senior year. Uh, but they didn't read the beer office. They run, Don Woods run to split Veer uh, backfield, but they didn't read it. Uh, but Ray tally. Uh, being a three-year starter for him, uh, we ran that beer and we read every, you know, if it was 34 or 36, uh, we read everything. And, and you know, uh, I, I never will forget my sophomore year, uh, we was running a 36 in practice, which, you know, that's the the, 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 the back off right tackle. Mm-hmm. And I was having a difficult time getting to the mesh for it. And we pumped it. And the running back was a senior, and he turned around and chewed me out. And Rafa turned around and chewed him out. He said, Let me tell you something. He said, We'll run it the way I want to run it. He said, If he ain't getting there, then you need to line up a half a step back
0: further. (laughs) So, you
4: know. I, I, uh, he was a great coach. I actually had the privilege was. to coach against Rayford when my first job was at JB Pennington, and I was the defense okay. coordinator. And We played we played them, so we had to make sure we messed up. We, we mixed it up, played a five technique, a four technique, and a three technique, so that you inside Veer guys, you know, you didn't know whether that blocking scheme was supposed to be uh, called yeah. a double over a combo on that side. So, yeah, when he was a great at, guy.
5: When were you at JB Pennington?
4: 1985 through 1990.
5: Yeah, I'd already graduated, but I'll give you I'll give you a little a quick secret, and then I know the lines are busy. Uh, but um, after I graduated, uh, Rayford uh, asked me to set up in the booth. And, you know, he wasn't ever one of those to wear headsets and all that stuff. But he said, if you'll if you'll set up in the press box um, and answer questions when I ask you, that's what he said. Then uh, uh, after I graduated, then then I'll wear a headset. But uh, Daphne Smith was a good. Good friend of, of Rayford, they were like best buddies. I think he was at Fairview High School's head coach.
4: Then went to and the West Point,
5: eighty-five, I think eighty-five, Hansel made it to the semis and lost to Litchfield. But anyway, uh, in regular season, Fairview under Dalford Smith, Dalford took his biggest two guys. They ran a, I don't know if it was a forty-three or a forty-four, but it was a four-man front. He took his biggest guys and, and put him at guard, defensive guard, and. We had a hard time blocking that, and they beat us over at Fairview in the regular season. And then we met in the second round of the playoffs, and Rayford changed a few things up. And then Rayford beat Dafford, and we moved on to the quarterfinals. And then I think we beat Deshler that year and then played uh, Litchfield in the semis and had that game won. We were up 28-14. and No, I, excuse me. We were up 21-7, and they scored three late touchdowns, beat us 28-21. But uh, yeah, Rayford Talley, in my opinion, is one of the greatest coaches ever played. And and I tell you what, uh, Smitty, is right up there with him because he runs he runs a football program to the T. And I give you a lot of credit. Uh, you know for what you I know if you got Smitty on your team and you've got association with Smitty, y'all, y'all doing some good things over there. So uh, you know that that sounds good. But anyway, guys, I, I know I know y'all got lines. Uh, I will say this: Final Four. Uh, Duke, North Carolina, JJ ain't going to like me for this, but I think North Carolina has a better basketball team right now than Duke. And I think North Carolina beats Duke and, uh, Kansas, I think beat Villanova, especially with, with the guy going down for Villanova. So I see a Kansas North Carolina final and I'm not quite sure who wins it. Uh, I'll just enjoy watching it and whoever comes out on top be great. Anyway, guys, uh, Thanks so much for taking my call, Tim. It was a pleasure talking to you. Same way. One here. of these days, I'm gonna swing by there and, and, and holler at you and Smitty and introduce myself to you and and all. But you guys have a great evening, okay? Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for that call, Keith, 34 341 locally, toll-free one triple eight nine tiger nine. So you can get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's head to our first break of hour number one when we come back. Birthdays and sports right after this.
0: Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Back on Sports Call on a Wednesday afternoon. I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Tom Peavy, Ken Berry, and our special guest, Tim Gillespie, as he joins us every single week from Hometown Lenders on the Plains. Had a great call on the other side of that break from Keith from Auburn. Called in and talked to Smitty Grider last week, and now I got to Tim this week. So we, great calls. Keep them coming. 334-887-341-LOCALLY, toll free one 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Get to birthdays and sports in just a moment. Want to shout out over on our sister station, 99.9 Kate FM coming up here. In about, well, just about getting started here and uh, right now, Beauregard High School Baseball region play gets underway today. It's 5A Area 5 matchup between Beauregard and Pike Road. That's over on our sister station, 99.9 Kate FM, Tim Sin, Brant Daughtry, CJ Webster all out there bringing you the coverage from that one. But we're going to baseball has been on a pretty pretty good clip right the uh, past few games. Hopefully, they can keep it going and start region playoff with a bang with uh, against Pike Road today. game was supposed to be tomorrow, but moved up because of weather concerns about the field for tomorrow uh, after what may happen tonight weather wise. So they're playing it this afternoon, which leads me to the next point make sure everyone stays weather aware tonight. Yep tom you are (laughs) i'm I'm our you're our resident weather guy resident weather resident volunteer fireman you uh uh, responded to the beauregard tornadoes a few years back and so you know what these types of systems can do firsthand so yeah we just want to make sure that everyone stays weather aware going into the early morning hours uh tonight
2: yeah the biggest the biggest thing is go ahead and have your storm safety plans in place now uh you don't want to wait until the storms are right here right on the doorstep before you start trying to figure things out so uh know your location if you need to uh, evacuate the house that you're in uh know where you're going um have that plan in place Uh, if you do stay uh in your house during the storms then have a place inside your house that is dedicated for for you to go and uh, take shelter have weather radios available and uh as always if uh an emergency arrives call 911. uh no matter how how bad the storms are we we're still out there running calls in it so if you need us call us uh, like i said nine one one. but just have have everything in place don't don't wait until it's here before you start trying to make your safety plans
1: we do kind of reach into west georgia so wanted to give this shout out heard this or came across this earlier the muskogee county schools over just across the border in west georgia will be doing a two-hour delayed start tomorrow so if you've got kids in the muskogee or you know anyone in the muskogee county mm. school system they're gonna be doing a two-hour delayed start tomorrow due to concerns about when the weather could be through uh this area so keep that in mind uh but yeah stay weather aware and everyone stay safe tonight but right now let's move forward with our show with birthdays and sports
0: it's time for today's birthdays and sports
1: birthdays and sports on the march 30th 2022 we've got a couple nfl birthdays a couple baseball birthdays Let's start out in the NFL world. Turning 34 today is a free agent cornerback who's played with the Seattle Seahawks, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Richard Sherman is turning 34 today. Sure. He's a Super Bowl champion with the Seahawks, a three-time first-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, played college football at Stanford. Go Cardinal. Was drafted in the fifth round of the 2011 NFL Draft. Richard Sherman's turning 34 today. 34? Yep. Yeah, all right. He's he's a bad bad man. I knew For he was. In, I knew he was in the league. A, a, been in the league a while. I didn't know it was already thirty four Man. Really good friends with our our friend T. Reed. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Turning fifty nine today is a former NFL offensive tackle who played from nineteen eighty five to two thousand two with the Detroit Lions, Arizona Cardinals, Cleveland Browns, New York Giants, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lomas Brown, turning fifty nine today. Wow. He's a Super Bowl champion with the Buccaneers, seven-time Pro Bowler, 1995 First Team All-Pro, 1984 Consensus all America. while at Florida go Gators. Sixth overall pick in the 1985 NFL Draft. He is currently a radio analyst for the Detroit Lions. So happy birthday to Lomas Brown! A little before my time. Well, kind of, kind of on the back end. The, the back end of his career was during my time. Yeah. But. Offensive linemen need to get more recognition. I, I was about
2: to say, yeah. I, I mean, I, I still remember Lomas Brown, but yeah, it's one of those that, yeah, I mean, offensive linemen, they're, they're the forgotten. Probably or, the most underappreciated position. Yeah, the, the forgotten warriors in the trenches. Exactly.
1: Turning 33 today is a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox is also pitched for the Chicago White Sox, Chris Sale. He's a seven-time All-Star 2018 World Series champion with the uh, Boston Red Sox. Two-time AL strikeout leader. He played college baseball at Florida Gulf Coast. Go Eagles. And was selected 13th overall in the 2010 MLB draft.
2: How did you know that, or did you just look it up?
1: Yeah, you know, Florida Gulf Coast. They've been in man. the tournament yeah. a few times. in The basketball tournament. Remember yeah. Dunk City well, a couple of years ago? No, time? I know that.
2: You know, one, I, of the, one of the few Sweet 16s there was a 5th I I'd yeah. never remembered that they were the Eagles. Yeah. And I and I'm really good at listen, mascot names.
1: Tom, I've got a wealth of knowledge in my head. None of it's useful. Well, it's, it's, I'm the same
2: way, but I would and, and like when it comes to team mascots, you could just about ask me anybody, and I would tell you they were. But if you were to ask me Florida Gulf Coast, I would you know, like I had not a clue. They're the Eagles, oh, Dunk City, Darn. Dunk okay.
1: City. So Chris Sale, a former Eagle, FGCU. Also, he's only played for teams with uh professionally for teams that are articles of clothing, Red Sox and the White Sox. Okay. Turning twenty-eight today as a third baseman for the Houston Astros, Alex Bregman. Turning twenty-eight, he's already twenty-eight. Goodness gracious! He's an All-Star, two-time All-Star, twenty-seventeen World Series champion, yeah. twenty-nineteen yeah, Silver right. Slugger Award winner. Played college baseball at LSU and was drafted second overall in the twenty-fifteen MLB draft. You can say, I, I you remember can say him. Two-time
2: asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Hill should have played college baseball at Presbyterian. Why is that? Oh, the blue hose. They're the yeah. blue hose. Yeah, <laughs> and then he would have been the white socks and the red socks. How about so that? He definitely would have been an articles of clothing. Yeah, facts. <laughs> so
1: Richard Sherman, Lomas Brown, Chris Sale, and Alex Bregman. Happy birthday! And of course, if it's your birthday in the sports call world, happy birthday. To you. 334 887 341 locally. Toll free one triple 9 Tiger 9. That's how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We'll get to your phone calls a little bit later. Wrapping up things here with Tim Gillespie. Thanks for stopping by, Tim. Always happy to have you in here. Uh, you said you were at a closing earlier today. So, some exciting new homeowners out there in the Auburn Oak area. What else you got coming up uh, with hometown lenders in the next week?
4: We've got a couple of other closings this week. Awesome. and uh, And, uh, you know, we, 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 we're kind of steadily. Continuing to grow and people are gaining confidence in not only us but the the service that we give. You know yeah. that's what we preach when we came in here from from day one. Community oriented, going to be accessible, going to be available, going to do a good job for the community. So it's it's paying off. People are seeing that we mean what we say. So we're just happy to be here serving the Auburn area. Happy that you guys let me come on. Uh, I enjoyed. it It's one of the highlights of my week. Yes, sir. Uh, so know just I enjoy
1: having you. It's yeah. Just
4: remember if you need anything with your mortgage needs, come by and see us in College Street. Uh, And, you know, you can contact us if you want to call the office at 334-908-3024. We are your equal housing lender, NMLS 200-6284. Guys, thanks for having me. I'll see you next week. Absolutely, It's
1: always great to have you, Tim. Like he said, are you looking to buy a home or refinance the one you're in? 256-476-0823 online at Hometown Lenders on the Plains. Or, of course, they're always happy for you to stop by their office at 1943 South College Street in Auburn. Right after this, we head to our break now. On the other side, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer joins us on the Auburn Bank phone line right after this.
0: Other way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com.
1: Back on Sports Call on a Wednesday afternoon, I'm Brooks Childress joined by Tom Peavy. In Canbury, special thanks to Tim Gillespie from Hometown Lenders on the Plains for stopping by a little bit ago. Always great to have him in. Chat with him every single week. Or Smitty Grider. Smitty's been in, was in here last week. Someone from Hometown Lenders is always in here once a week. Always enjoy talking to them. Spring training baseball rolls on. The Atlanta Braves falling this afternoon to the Boston Red Sox by the score of ten to seven. Ian Anderson took the loss. He's one and one in spring.
3: Struggled today.
1: Also, it appears that the Braves have announced that... Uh, that's Max Freed, isn't it? Looking, looking at my... Uh, Looks like it. That's Max Freed on my screen to my right. Your 2022 opening day starting pitcher, the Braves just tweeted out a picture of Max Freed. So, cool. Max Freed, your opening day starter for the Atlanta Braves as they take on the Cincinnati Reds next week. Spring, it should be this week for opening day. But because of a lockout, we head to next week. But... We do get baseball, and that is the most important thing. The most thing. important thing. 334-887-341-LOCALLY, toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We'll go back to that Auburn Bank phone line in just a moment, but right now, we will take that Auburn Bank phone line and go to our next guest, all of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information, your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Another person that we have on here every single week, almost every single week, is Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Justin, how are you doing in the air?
6: I'm doing all right. How are y'all?
1: Doing great. Doing, doing great. Uh, unfortunately, JJ is ducking you once again.
6: Mm, typical. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But uh, we are, it is myself, Tom, and Cam in here to keep you company for a few minutes, ask you a couple questions. But let's get started out on the basketball front. Uh, We had another uh, departure the Auburn basketball team did yesterday. Preston Cook announcing he was going into the transfer portal. Um, it, he's not one of the players that you're you know overly concerned about leaving but he's the second player on this basketball team that is left and how is uh, what is your what are you hearing around the basketball program right now do you th- think there's anybody else that could be on their way out soon or what is your take on uh, anybody that's coming in
6: yeah, yeah. I mean it, it'll be interesting to see if there's any more guys kind of go out Preston was the guy who went through you know, senior day festivities and you know got honor and all that so didn't expect him to come back but the chance he's going to get to use his free COVID year uh somewhere else is pretty cool um just you know he he played quite a bit uh for a guy who started his career as a walk-on and was a scout team member he played quite a bit this past season so um you know that that's a that's a good move for him so yeah it'll be interesting to see um you know if if any of auburn's kind of guys in the reserves um, you know, are we're, we're considering a, a, a departure. But, you know, the transfer portal is heating up pretty quickly. Um, but the big thing for Auburn right now is uh, these 2022 kids that are making these late decisions, uh, specifically the ones that have decommitted from LSU. Uh, Johan Traore is supposed to be making the decision sometime this week. Auburn is uh, the widely expected favorite uh, to land him, and, um, Five-star big man, uh, kind of blurs the line between center and power forward, but would be a perfect fit for any system, especially Bruce Pearl's system. And uh, you know, would be the second highest-rated player Auburn's ever signed behind Jabari Smiths if he ended up coming to Auburn. So that's the big one, uh, I think. Once Triore you know, if he ends up, you know, signing with Auburn, uh, I think that's kind of the first big domino, and then you start to see, you know, what else, what else it looks like in this in this system. Um, you know, you've got. Uh, a couple other big big name guys um, still out there. Uh, Julian Phillips, committed from LSU. Um, you know, Gigi Jackson is the top, one of the top players in the 2023 class. Could be reclassified. Auburn's trying to get in the mix there, so you got to keep an eye on him. Um, and then uh, in the portal, Auburn's you know does hasn't you know gone after a ton of folks right now. But the guys they have uh, reportedly contacted um, are you know guys Brandon Thomas from LSU. Uh, a shooter that they uh, recruited uh, last season. He was a freshman that started most of the games last year for LSU and he's part of that big exodus in Baton Roots. And then Eric Stevenson, who uh, really experienced player, is about to come into his fifth year of college basketball. Um, he's played at a bunch of different spots at this point. Um, you may remember him from his three-point shooting in the regular season finale for South Carolina against Auburn. Um, so a bigger shooter, had a, had a pretty good clip uh, in, in SEC play. So I think Auburn would like to find somebody who can give them some extra size and shooting ability in the guard spot with Devin Cambridge now out uh, and in the transfer portal, but I think right now it's just see where the pieces fall, these big ones in the front court, and then then go from there. Uh,
2: Another piece of that basketball puzzle that everybody's kind of waiting to see is uh, Mr. NIL Dunkaroos himself, uh, Walker (laughs) Kessler. Uh, What are you hearing on Walker Kessler? What are your thoughts on Walker Kessler on the possibility that he may actually return to auburn
6: yeah i mean I, I guess it's it's one of the things where it's like uh everybody you know has their own decisions and, and every their own reasoning for that I, it wouldn't it would surprise me to see kessler come back just because he's a first-round type of dude and, and guys at auburn under bruce pearl first-rounders just don't come back usually um and, you know we'll see i mean kessler um this is a pretty big center class in college basketball so uh and he is not necessarily one of the, the very very top players at his position maybe there's a thought process there that oh, if you come back you know probably uh you know expand your offensive game a little bit continue to be a monster on defense be one of the best players in the country he could be one of the first centers off the board in 2023. That's a possibility, um, but just from what we have seen from Auburn over these last few years, um, you know, Bruce Pearl's not a guy who is going to want to, you know, hold somebody in and say, you know, we we need you here, we need you here, don't go to the league. Um, but you know, it's going to be up to Kessler. I know Kessler really enjoyed playing at Auburn, uh, being close to home, his family. Um, obviously, has ties here and um so it's gonna be an interesting decision i would be surprised if kessler decided to turn down a first a potential first round pick to come back to auburn next season um but you know uh, that that kind of stuff there's usually a, a couple of guys each each draft class that do, that do that auburn hasn't been one of those places but who knows it might it might be a guy like kessler. i think it's it would just come down to kind of how he feels personally about it. But, um, you know, when you have had the dominant defensive season that he has had, uh, those numbers are going to be hard to replicate. And so it will be interesting to see uh, just kind of what the league thinks of him and and what he thinks he can can get if he does decide to come back.
3: Transitioning over into football, Justin. what is, you know, you've been around, you know, watching all the practices and everything. What is the position group that you're expecting is going to take that that next leap next year uh, for Auburn?
6: Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, a lot of these position groups right now are either dealing with, you know, injuries or some sort of, you know, some sort of absences of some kind um, that you, you're kind of just looking around thinking, well, you know, what will be, what would that, that kind of look like? Um, if I'm looking for one to kind of take uh, another step, I'm really interested in the defensive backs uh, for Auburn. You did lose Roger McCreary. You did lose Smoke Money. Those are guys who are going to be you know, tough to replace just because of their talent, especially McCreary, who's potentially a first round guy. Uh, but um, you've heard a lot about some of these young defensive backs. Auburn went in and got a ton of dudes uh, this, this offseason. So, you know, Nehemiah Pritchett's played a lot of football, he's really, really good. Zion Puckett. Uh, Jalen Simpson, Donovan Kaufman, those guys are back. But who's going to be that next wave? And there's some really intriguing pieces. DJ James, um, you know, is 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 a big one. Uh, the transfer from Oregon. I just, you know, Auburn's secondary um, for the most part last this season looked pretty good. But it's just, you know, some consistency in the system, changing up the way you do things, uh, and, and you know, going from that Kevin Steele defense to this new type of defense. I do wonder in year two um, if you're going to see this group kind of take a big step forward. They've got the numbers. They've got the talent. So it's going to be a matter to see who pulls it out. And quite a few of these young guys in practice have stood out, especially Caden Bridges, Caleb Wooden, J.D. Ram, guys that you would expect to kind of be death pieces next season. They look like they might be a little bit ahead of the curve.
1: Justin, uh, sticking with spring ball here is – I'm going to ask you the question that uh, everybody's <laughs> going to ask for the entirety of the spring and the summer until you get to that first game against Mercer, and it's about the quarterback position. You've got four guys right now that are really, really, we've you know heard good things about coming out of practice, that these are the four guys that it looks like going to be competing for it. TJ Finley, Robbie Ashford, Zach Calzada, Holden Gurner. How big is this spring for TJ Finley going to be, especially where you've got three guys competing against him that are coming in that have not learned the offense completely just yet, and the most experienced of those guys still is recovering from an injury.
6: Yeah, no, this is big for Finley, and it's—I mean, you know—he's—he's he's in a tough spot, right? You know, you you, you end the season as the starter, the—the the guy who uh, was going to be the starter coming back leaves, and Bo Nix, and so he's kind of the dude. And then you look up, and Auburn brought in two transfers and added a freshman. Like, you know, that doesn't bode well for his chances. But what I do know is that. Your family's done a really good job. I think this offseason, trying to be a better leader, work on some of the problem areas that he had this last season, and trying to take charge, uh, knowing that he does have an experience advantage. He, you know, in spring, he is the guy who takes a lot of the first team reps, um, you know, in, in drills or at least the first. He's the first guy up in everything. So, you know, that experience really, really helps him. Um, and, and you know, with Calzada not at 100, percent I, I don't think you're going to get any sort of like these grand conclusions from. The quarterback battle here in spring ball just because it's it's not close to a complete picture yet uh but what i do know is this is an opportunity for tj Finley to you know show some growth and show some um some progress in those areas and say you know what a lot of these people think that one of the new guys is going to be uh the starter next season uh but i got something to say about that i'm still fighting for this job so i think we've seen that from finley early on It'll be interesting to see how much he can kind of keep that up and once you see Calzada back at 100%, or you see a guy like Robbie asteroid get more locked into the system, what that would look like moving forward. Uh, but, you know, I, I do know one thing. Uh, you know, T.J. Finley not going to fold. Uh, he's not going to go out quietly, even though Auburn, you know, got several quarterbacks um, to compete with him this offseason. Uh,
2: Justin, you know, we're, we've are we got spring football going on. A-Day is just a couple weeks away. Um, but it, it really has felt like the, the Auburn fan base has – uh, they just it feels like they've been quiet, um, with, with <laughs> spring once. football going on. Like nobody's <laughs> really paying much attention to it. I, I and I know I get it, you know, there was the excitement around basketball, but even now that that's done, it seems like all the excitement is on uh the possibility of Treor coming in here, the possibility of Kessler coming back. It really doesn't seem like people are talking spring football. Are you seeing that in the work that you do as as covering them as close as you do?
6: Oh, for sure. I mean, more people are talking about basketball right now than football. And it makes sense. I mean, the the, the basketball team is the more stable one, the more successful one right now. Football, I think anybody who looks at the football team right now is just, man, they got a lot of work to do. And, uh, you know, I don't know if this is, like, outright what people are saying, but I think subconsciously, I think we all kind of know that, you know, whatever we get out of this Auburn football team in the spring, and even in the summer as we go into fall, Whatever is said or written or whatever about this team, um, they got to actually go out and prove it. You know, you know, right. we we don't know what that's going to look like uh, for several months now. So I think, you know, with with the issues with the roster, with the need for development, with with the thing that Brian Harson went through, there's not a whole lot of reasons for like over the top excitement at this time of year. Um, so. I think some of the fan base is just kind of, you know, all right, we'll get to it. When we get to it, I think some of the fan base is just kind of, you know, staying quiet. And I think there's a lot of people that are just like, okay, you know, we can hear a lot of good things and we can hear what the players and the coaches and what people write about this team, but, you know, they actually got to go out and prove it in September and October. So it's a long way to go from that. I don't think spring football is necessarily something that usually gets everybody super excited uh, for the most part. But I think the combination of, just the end of the season last year for Auburn football, the success of Auburn basketball, and just the the, the importance of offseason recruiting and the transfer portal in basketball—it's just keeping people occupied. And I also think, just to a degree, even though I don't cover these sports, I think to a degree some of the success of like baseball and softball right now—I think—is it's, it's, it's kind of getting get people kind of occupied as well. So, you know, we, we'll see. I, I think it'll crank up more in the summer, uh, but for right now, you know, just not as much excitement. Not as much buzz for a team that I think everybody knows has got a lot to improve if they want to get better next
1: season. He's Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Follow him on Twitter at jfergusonau. Justin, I see you're looking for mailbag questions for later this week. What's the best mailbag question you've gotten recently?
2: Mm, Best mailbag question I've gotten recently. (laughs) That's Um, the best mailbag question you've gotten. Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. That that is the best one. No, there's. I, I had a question last week that uh, that I really, really liked um, from from somebody who's talking about basketball and football and kind of, you know, we hear in football all the time, like, hey, you got to have a championship caliber offense to win. Like, offense is what ultimately wins you championships in football. How true is that in basketball? And we saw Auburn this season have an elite defense, but their offense was a little too inconsistent, a little too hot and cold, um, and, you know, ended up costing them in the NCAA tournament. Um, it, you know, digging into the numbers, and I think we're gonna see it in the final four this weekend. Uh the teams that have made it to this point are elite, elite offensive teams. Um and Auburn this season at times is a great offensive team, but they weren't quite to like top ten, top fifteen caliber offense that we see make, you know, the final four. So I think when you're looking at Auburn moving forward, some of the guys they could pick up, um, you know, they, they, they were an awesome defensive team this season, but just seeing kind of even in a sport like basketball where it's such a hard and wild process to get to the, you know, the ncaa tournament championship game and it's so hard to win a championship and you would think there's a lot of different paths uh, and, and ways to build a team to get there um it's like seven out of the last 10 years uh the team that's won the national titles had a top 10 offense and the last four years i think they've had a top three offense so that was just an interesting way to kind of dive into the numbers because we know football, offense beats defense in, college, in modern college football right now. But to see that actually coming out in, in basketball is really interesting, and it also I think is going to shape kind of how Auburn tries to, re- to reload their rosters this upcoming season.
1: You can find them on the com. Justin, tell us what you, we've got. You know, A-Day coming up next week. You've got basketball stuff, as we talked about a little bit earlier. What do you guys got coming out the, coming up here from the Observer this week?
6: Yeah, so the mailbag will be up on Friday. We also have a, a premium podcast episode for our subscribers will also go up on Friday morning. We'll have coverage over the weekend uh, from football. We'll be on Triore Watch, so if anything kind of happens there, be on the lookout for for some basketball uh, newsletters. And uh, yeah, rolling into next week, final week of spring ball, just kind of going back and forth between covering spring football practices and just the ongoing basketball, you know, kind of kind of roster rebuild that they're going to have. Um, you know, trying to defend their SEC title next season. So got all that at auburnobserver.com. Uh, check it out there. $6 a month or $60 a year in the subscription fee, and you get access to everything we got going on. We email it all to your inbox uh, pretty much every morning, so check it out.
1: Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, always great to talk to you. Can't wait to have you back in studio very, very soon. We will catch up with you again soon.
6: Yeah, y'all be good. Thank you.
1: Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four. One locally toll free one triple eight nine. Tiger nine is how you can get on that Auburn Bank phone line. As we are wrapping up the first hour, the only full hour of the show today, getting off the air at four thirty this afternoon. Guys talked a lot, and a little bit about spring ball uh, with Justin Ferguson. Talked a little bit about that quarterback uh, battle. It's it's really important. It's going to be really yeah. important this spring for T.J. Finley to to assert himself as the guy at Auburn, especially with two guys. Like I said, two guys that well, three guys that don't really know the offense as well as he should. Yeah. And one of them, the most experienced one, can't practice.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's had the most. You know, he's had the most experience in the offense. He knows everything well. I think everybody just wants T.J. to just hit his throws like I think that was definitely something that in the Houston game that a lot of people noticed I mean he he should he probably missed about two touchdowns that were clear and easy and so that's something that you know hopefully he's worked on and we want to see him do maybe not be as much of a statue in the pocket Um, hopefully the offensive line will have improved as well so that might not be as much of an issue maybe he'll have more time maybe that was part of something that played
2: into it as well so that, that's what i hope for I'll also be curious to see who that guy is who ultimately it is and what type of wrinkles yeah. they put in this offense that may you know Help. if it is tj finley right. what wrinkles are we going to see in the offense that kind of suit him a little bit better than what that are going in right than they were kind of in some bad situations last season
1: spring football rolls on on the plains and sports call rolls on on a wednesday afternoon coming up after this break we'll have the second half hour of sports Call. more of your phone calls on the auburn bank phone line right after this break where we will get to your auburn sports today update with brad law as well as the tiger communications sports report you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 and the tiger communications app
0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Second and final hour of Sports Call starting right now, really more of a half hour as we get you set for Auburn softball versus Alabama State and Jane B. Moorefield Bark in the park night at Jane B. Moorefield. If you've got a little... Pooch that you want to take over there. I'm sure there's some tickets still available. Should be a really, really fun night out there. JJ Jackson, that's where he is this afternoon. He's getting ready to call that game for the Auburn Sports Network. I'm Brooks Childress, joined in studio today by Tom Peavy and Cam Barry. We're having a great time as we roll through this last half hour of the show. If you want to get in your phone calls here, three three four eight eight seven thirty-four one locally. Toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. Want to give an updated list here. We talked about it earlier. About uh, the weather coming in this evening Make sure you're weather aware Saw this uh, article pop up From our friends over at WTVM in Columbus uh, News Channel 9 Some closings that will affect our listening area tomorrow Uh, Here in the state of Alabama The city of Phoenix City's administrative offices Will be open at 10 a.m. They'll be opening a delayed opening at 10 a.m. Phoenix City School District Will be on a two hour delay of classes The Russell County School District Students will begin remote learning at 10 a.m. Russell County non-emergency offices will be opening at 10 a.m. This does not this does not apply to the water authority or any independent agency/slash authority, and the Russell County courthouse will be opening at 10 a.m. tomorrow. And then over in Georgia, we touch a few of these counties. Columbus Technical College will be opening at 10 a.m. Harris County School District will be on a two-hour delay of classes. And Muscogee County School District will be on a two-hour delay of classes. So there is some of the closings for tomorrow, some of the delayed openings for tomorrow in our area, in the listening area. So make sure you are weather aware. Keep it tuned to your local news, whatever your local news station is uh they'll have much more updated lists as we go along through the night about oh. any openings closings tomorrow uh due to weather this evening and just want to remind everybody we are under a wind advisory right now it's getting a little blustery outside it's a little, little, little windy already so ahead of everything just make sure that uh, any loose plants or anything any loose chairs or lawn furniture are tied down this evening because it can get a it's going to get a little more windy And then, of course, as we said earlier, Tom, make sure everyone's weather aware for this evening.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to read this. Uh, It was a couple hours ago. Lee County uh, Emergency Management uh, says confidence continues to increase for the forecasted storm system that will move through Lee County tonight into the overnight hours. There is a threat of straight line winds of up to 80 miles per hour. Possibility of tornadoes as well. Uh, Please uh, please pay close attention to the possibility of rapidly changing weather conditions and be sure to have multiple ways to receive weather notifications. Do not rely on the outdoor warning sirens for this. Uh, uh, They said they're going to announce the safer locations, uh, the options for later today. If you're uh, in manufactured homes or housing, you feel will not be safe. Please remember to take food, drinks, blanket pillows, medications, electronic devices, and chargers, board games, books with you to safer locations if you choose to go. Uh, And as you just mentioned, as a reminder, any loose items in your yard or on your porch should be secured or stored as the winds will pick up. So, uh, yeah, just be safe. And go ahead and... Have your safety plans in place now. Know exactly where you're going to go if you are in a manufactured home or if you're in a house that you don't feel safe in. Know where that server, your safer locations are closest to you, and uh, you know, go to them. Uh, yeah. If you if you just if you feel like if you feel the need to, they're going to be there for you, and. Uh, you go and go and take advantage of that, but uh, just go ahead and have those plans in place now. Don't don't wait until the storm is. Uh, don't wait until you hear the sirens. Yeah, don't wait till you hear the sirens. Don't wait until the wind's already rattling your windows before you decide that you need to go take cover somewhere.
1: Go ahead and have that plan the uh, plans in place and uh, take care of yourself. So, yeah, make sure everybody is weather aware this evening. Keep it, like Tom said, keep it tuned. to. Mul- you make sure you have multiple ways to get information. We've got some great meteorologists in the area, in the Montgomery area, in the Columbus area, some great, great local meteorologists around here on your TV. They'll be bringing you coverage throughout the evening, more than likely, as, uh, if things get bad enough that they have to interrupt your programming. So, you know, I've seen some stuff on Twitter recently. Don't don't complain about missing your uh, family feud in case, you know, something happens. <laughs> (laughs) You know, it's it, they come on for a reason and they're there to keep you safe. So, hopefully, you're not needed that's not needed to keep you safe this evening, but they are there and they're ready to go this evening, uh, if needed. 334 887 341 locally, toll free, one triple eight nine, Tiger Nine. As we roll through this last half hour of the program, let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line. And our good friend, James from Montgomery, has tuned in, James. Is calling in from Montgomery and has sent us a little uh, tweet earlier about what he wants to talk about on today's show. So let's go ahead and get to it, James. How are you doing this afternoon?
7: I'm good. And War Eagle, War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I've been hearing about this um, overtime ruling. How do y'all? How do y'all guys um, take in uh, in the overtime ruling of the NFL? Do y'all think it's the right decision for the NFL, or do y'all think it's the wrong decision for the NFL to actually just? You know, how, how do you look at it? Do you think they should keep it or do you think they should not keep it before the NFL season starts?
3: I mean, I think it's a good idea. I think putting more weight and adding it for, for overtime is definitely something that um, should happen just because of the way that the games like shake out. I feel like if, if in overtime of a playoff game, both teams should be able to touch the ball. At least, you know, at least once, even though everybody's like, you know, just play defense. But in college football, I mean, it's the same way. In overtime, everybody, you know, you get to touch the ball twice. And, you know, that makes up for multiple overtimes now that they have the other rules and all that stuff. But I feel like that, that it was a great move.
7: Yeah, because I'm I'm actually uh, looking at it, and I think that the NFL should keep it. But when it's, like, for the playoff um, divisional round, I think they should just, you know, instead of having the clock to run out on all zeros, I think they should just have it, like, at a two-minute warning and then just... From that two-minute warning, they should just either if if the game is actually tied, they should just kick a field goal or just take a knee right there, and that would be you know the icing on the cake right there.
1: Yeah, that'd be an interesting rule change that they made that to the, uh, the overtime rules. But yeah, I, I think it's a very you know as the NFL's done recently, it's very reactionary. They changed the NFL overtime rules a few years back because Peyton Manning didn't get the ball in a playoff game, and so they said, oh, you've mm-hmm. got to score a touchdown. And now this past year, Josh. Allen didn't get the get uh, the football in his game, so now it's uh, you, you've changed it again. It's very reactionary, but you know, I I don't know, I I, I don't have a strong opinion either way if it's good or bad. I, I just I want to see it play out, yeah. and then if it, it you know, I, I'm kind of of the opinion if you give up a touchdown, you you know, play defense a little bit, like don't. But the the fact that the game is moving so in the offensive direction, I think this is a necessary rule that you have to do because offenses are just so good now. Yeah.
2: I I mean I I think you have to give both teams a chance to score in Just overtime. One, yeah, at least. And, and yeah. then in the and in the regular season, during the regular season, I'm sorry, there should never be a tie. No, uh, tie that, should never exist. That's, that's why you have overtime, and yeah. and and if you don't score in that time period, then you keep going until there's keep a going, winner. Keep playing. You, there should never be a tie in football.
7: Yeah, because with the uh, with the. Beginning of the NFL football season, I know there's going to be a huge, there's going to be a great game on August the 4th of 2022, and I think it's going to actually be the Jacksonville Jaguars playing against the... Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's going to be a classic matchup and I'm actually going to be watching that to see what Trevor Lawrence is actually going to be doing for that uh, classic matchup as well because these are the greatest two teams in the NFL to date with uh, Super Bowls between them and you know, seeing seeing these great uh, seeing a lot of great uh, games in Canton, Ohio. I mean, they should keep that going and it's they're very, very awesome to actually see that actually being played as
1: well. You think Jacksonville is one of the greatest teams of all time, James?
7: Yes, because um, they are one of the oldest teams in the NFL they have been to multiple Super Bowls and their record is second to none with the Las Vegas Raiders, which was the Oakland Raiders with uh, great, great um, Hall of Fame coach a uh, great guy to make all the Madden games, John Madden. If he was around watching this uh, great matchup, he would love to see his, his Las Vegas Raiders actually uh, play in Canton, Ohio as well
1: yeah i don't think they've ever made a super bowl uh james i was looking at their stats i don't think jacksonville's ever made a super bowl so uh yeah. they have they
2: and jacksonville's only been around since 1995 yeah. they were an expansion team in 1995
1: but the raiders are are a classic franchise they, they're yeah. they're steeped in nfl lore so yeah i mean it should be a fun game up in canton ohio here in, in a few months
7: Yes, yeah, because I'm actually going to be watching that game, and I mean, it, it's a really good, great. It, it's a great game to actually see on national TV. And I've been watching uh, the Hall of Fame uh, games for years. Um, I, I, I would like to see, you know, some some games being played in Canton, Ohio. You know, just to have like a, a neutral site for the NFL as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a. Uh... It's a really fun game to kick off, kind of kick off the NFL preseason and get ready for uh, some football. What else you got for us today, James?
7: Well, I am going to be watching a lot of – uh nba basketball seeing who's gonna actually make it into the playoffs and uh, seeing uh, these four teams are actually going to be playing and uh seeing who's gonna who's actually going to take the uh the the playoff spot as well so it's kind of it's like a it's a hard toss up to actually know who's going to win or who's going to lose as well
1: your uh, mavericks got a big win over the lakers last night Did you watch that game <laughs>
7: Uh, yes, I did. I actually watched that game, and um, you know it, it was very, very hard for uh, Dallas to actually uh, come out with a big win, and uh, they really surprised me. And um, I'm, a, I'm pretty sure that they look like a playoff contender. So I'm just seeing how we're actually going to uh, win our last game tonight. We do play one more game uh, tonight before we, uh, before they turn over the calendar to April, so um, we have one game on our schedule for the month of March. We play on the road at uh, Cleveland, so I'm hoping if the Dallas Mavericks keep their winning streak alive, I think we might make it into the playoff uh, eventually as well.
1: Yeah, the Mavericks, like you said, they they play the at the Cavs tonight, and including tonight, you've only got six more regular season games. But yeah, I think they're solidly in the playoffs. They're only a game back of the Warriors, sitting in third place in the Western Conference right now. So they've got a chance to move up into that three seed and get a more favorable matchup for them. So big, uh, big, big games coming up for Dallas. What else you got coming uh, for us today, James?
7: Well, I'm actually going to be seeing um, what. Um What who's gonna actually win in Richmond uh this coming up weekend for uh NASCAR weekend and I've already just put in my uh fantasy picks as well and um seeing it well Bubba Wallace who will not be racing in this weekend's um race on Sunday, uh, due to a uh, malfunction in his car, so um, that they won't put him actually in Richmond. So he will have to wait out this race, and he'll be racing in, Cal- in uh, Talladega uh, next uh, Sunday as well.
1: Well, no, I I think he can still race. I think it's just three members of his crew have been suspended for a loose loose wheel at at the Circuit of America this past weekend. But he can still race this week, and it's just going to be without three of his crew members.
7: Yeah, so I'm going to just probably see um, if he's going to actually do good uh, this weekend and uh, seeing uh, who the new crew members that he's going to actually hire for the new um, Dr. Pepper team as well.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what the strategy goes into that race this coming weekend with the, some crew members suspended. But, yeah, it should be really, really fun up there for the uh, Toyota Owners 400 at Richmond. So uh, that's on Sunday afternoon. So should be really, really fun, as you said, James. Uh, what else you got for us today?
7: Yes, and I have my final four picks that I just put in. I have Duke winning against North Carolina, and I have Vanderbilt beating Kansas, and I actually have Duke winning the uh, – the championship in New Orleans as well for uh, that week for uh Coach K as well. So that's gonna be a really good game when those two uh teams actually play when Duke and Villanova actually meet up in the uh in the big game in New Orleans as well.
1: Yeah, I was about to say you said Vanderbilt the first time so I'd make sure mean, that you sorry. got it you were gonna get sorry. it correct. But you, you corrected yourself. Yeah. You said Villanova.
7: Yeah. Yeah, Villanova. I'm sorry. I I yeah it's kind of hard for for the end of that uh, March Madness tournament so I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, Duke is actually going to beat Villanova this time as well.
1: Yeah, that should. Be, if the, those two teams match up, it should be really fun. No matter what the matchup ends up being on Monday night in the national title game, I think it's going to be a really, really fun basketball game uh, to round out this great March Madness tournament. You got anything else for those, uh, today for us, James, before we have to let you go? Um,
7: Yes, because I'm actually going to be looking at uh, the Stanley Cup and uh, seeing who's going to actually win uh, the uh, national family cup playoff as well, because I know that will be um, coming up sometime real soon as well. And uh, seeing if my Dallas stars are actually going to uh, win that one as well.
1: Yeah. The stars are in a kind of a tough position right now. They're about midway in the table on uh, in the central division. So it's going to take a little bit of work for them to get into the playoffs, but uh, they've been looking, they've been looking better as of late. So hopefully they can uh, turn things around and, Get up and get a uh, get into those Stanley Cup playoffs, and then once you get into that playoff hockey, you never know what could happen.
7: Yes, as well. And then yesterday, I looked at the uh, gymnastics for um, for Auburn, and we'll actually be playing. We'll actually be doing the first meet tomorrow in Neville Arena, and I'm hoping that Sydney Salee will actually do a great job. Uh, with that um, being said, and I know she 's going to really um, put a, a huge smile on auburn 's uh, faces as well to to see a great gymnast in uh, Sunisa Lee uh, tomorrow as well.
1: no, oh, yeah, the uh, gymnastics gets underway. I think the first meet is tonight between uh, Iowa State and western Michigan, and then they 'll uh, move on whoever wins that one will move on to tomorrow and yeah the Auburn Tigers take to the uh, to the floor tomorrow in a quad meet tomorrow afternoon about one o'clock so should be really really fun and uh should be a really really great time hopefully sunisa lee and the uh the rest of that auburn gymnastics team can punch their ticket to the saturday uh championship round uh, at neville arena and hopefully even further beyond that maybe get to fort worth and compete for a national title anything else before we have to let you go today james
7: um, I don't have anything else for y'all, but uh, tomorrow I would have some uh, Auburn football news as well and seeing what Auburn is actually going to do for the uh, upcoming season as well.
1: All right. Well, then we look forward to that Auburn football news. Jam-
2: James, have you bought your tickets to the Montgomery Biscuits uh, opening, day, opening game yet?
7: Um, no, I haven't, but I would be uh, getting on those um, really soon as go. well.
2: Yeah, I, I'm planning on being there for opening day. Hot
1: so. ticket, hot ticket in town.
7: <laughs> all right, all right, and I'll see you then.
1: All right, well, we will uh, We'll look forward to it, and I'm sure Tom will look forward to seeing you out there at the Biscuits opening night. Thanks for giving us a call today, James.
7: All right, and War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.
1: 334 887 341 locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. So we have to do our final break of the show. When we come back, we wrap up the program with our nightly TV guide after this.
0: want to know how easy it is to listen to our show all you have to do with your amazon smart device is say alexa play sports call auburn i'm brit bowen voice of auburn women's basketball and auburn
2: softball you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9
1: Sports call on a Wednesday. Wrapping things up here as we get you set for Auburn softball versus Alabama State. Looking to bounce back after a weekend. Uh, a semi-disappointing weekend up in Lexington. They grabbed one out of three from the top 25, top 10 Kentucky Wildcats. I'm always of the opinion, after uh, after being around uh, the baseball program here in Auburn and talking to Butch Thompson several times, his mantra is always, in conference play, you want to win two at home, one on the road, yeah. and especially when you go on the road against a top-ten team like Kentucky was, I don't think it was a complete failure that Auburn only took one from the Wildcats this past weekend, but you would have liked to get two, especially how that sec- that third game finished up on Sunday. That That yeah. was a heartbreaker. Yeah, it sounded, like, sounded like they blew that one. It it was it was tough, but you got I, you took one from a top ten sure. team, and I think that's impressive. And you get to try to bounce back tonight against an Alabama State team that you know we should handle not the same level of competition. No, but uh,
2: I'm just glad this softball team is hitting the ball this year because yes. that was the big yeah. thing last year. They just had zero had offense. Zero last bats. Year. This year they, they they're knocking. They got, they got they got
1: some girls that are knocking the cover off the ball. It, it's the hitting is it's it's night and day kind of it's almost yeah. night and day difference from last year to oh, this year. Oh, the stats the stats are just
2: completely flipped from oh, yeah. one year to the next. Uh, and I mean, and it's not just one or two uh, ladies over there. I mean, it's multiple people in that lineup are just raking.
1: It is. It's a great great lineup. Uh, pitching it, it it seems like a pitching has been a little bit off a little bit. Right. Uh, Manny Pinta has really stepped up this year after. Uh, after you get to conference play last year and she she kind of took a step back, she'll be right. low, definitely stepped up into right. that position. Uh but it is uh fun going to be fun tonight, as I said earlier, bark in the park at Jane B Moorefield, so head out there. Bring your dogs. Bring your dogs. It should be a fun night. Want to uh before we get to our nightly TV guy to wrap up the show. I want to give this announcement the 2022 sports call survey we did we've done the sports call survey several years in a row but the 2022 edition of the sports call survey will be published on our website tonight that's right tonight so make sure you give all your feedback we want to hear from all of our listeners and callers about what you like about the show what you don't like about the show anything you'd like to see improved any segments that we haven't done in a while you'd like to hear more of i'm gonna go ahead and no uh,
2: no trash talking the old man and me yeah be nice
1: yeah don't don't trash talk (laughs) the young young folks here either um uh but want to you know give a little bit of a plug you know if you want to hear town name tuesday again we haven't done that in a while i kind of like that segment
6: we'll
1: have to get you back back in here for that yes please We haven't done Town Name Tuesday loved, in a long time. I
2: absolutely love Town Name Tuesday when ever, I was here on Tuesdays. I don't think I've ever done Town. Oh,
1: we ran through so quite a few, so it, it may be time to bring it back now that you've had, a, had to sit on it a little while and don't yeah. you can't remember all the names. Right. Well,
2: now, we have we have been, over the last couple of weeks, we've been doing Wacky Wednesday. Yeah. I had something ready to go for Wacky Wednesday, but since we've got a shortened show today, we're not going to be able to get too wacky, but we were actually going to get into some uh, crazy uh, team nicknames. Oh,
1: We'll have to say, nice tease for next Wacky Wednesday. Then next next week, uh, I, I'm assuming we get a full show next Wednesday. Well, listen, either way, we'll if, either way, we're going to work it into it. We'll we'll make sure that we get some Wacky Wednesday in. Here next I, actually,
2: week. you know, it, it's fitting that we could wait a week because part of that Wacky Wednesday is we keep celebrating uh, holidays well after the fact. Yep, and the whole nickname thing came up because. I had just gone to watch the savannah bananas which uh-huh. is a pretty crazy name so it's kind of fitting we'll we'll, we'll let it we'll later? let it go for two weeks after i've been to watch the bananas that uh that we can talk some nicknames of course like that. by that time i'll be getting ready to
1: watch the biscuits well listen that that folds right into it because it's a new season starting for other teams right. and there's some wacky minor league teams you could probably pull up some Oh, I, I have a whole list. So it works. You see, yeah. we'll get to Wacky Wednesday next Wednesday. So a good tease for next Wednesday, Tom. Go. Before we wrap up this Wednesday's show, let's get to our nightly TV guide.
0: Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide.
1: Nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at Coca-Cola. What is on TV tonight? Well, I'll tell you. Sports World. Some hockey action tonight on TNT starting at 6.30. The New York Rangers take on the Detroit Red Wings. And then at 9 o'clock, the Vegas Golden Knights visit the Seattle Kraken. First season for the, the, Kraken. the Kraken. They the uh, Kraken? They're doing fairly well. They're not terrible, but they, could, uh, they can improve a little bit. NBA action tonight at 6.45 on ESPN. The Miami Heat take on the Boston Celtics. Miami Heat, the only Eastern Conference team so far to clinch a uh, playoff spot. And then at 9.05 tonight, it's a wet battle of two of the top Western Conference teams as the Phoenix Suns, who have already locked up the best record in the NBA and have locked up their playoff spot, take on the Golden State Warriors, Warriors in third place, trying to fend off those Dallas Mavericks, uh, James's Dallas Mavericks, for that spot. And tonight, our Sports Call Player of the Week is back in action. The U.S. Men's National Team Final World Cup qualifiers tonight as they host or visit Costa Rica. All they have to do is not lose by six goals. Is not lose by six goals and <laughs> they're in. That seems possible. It seems possible. But you never know. But you thought all yeah. you need is well, just a draw against Trinidad and Tobago yeah. 4 years ago right, but, right. and here here's where here we, we sit. So So don't all you've got to do goals. All you've got to do US is not lose by six goals. You can allow 5 not 6. Not 6. You can allow 7 if you want but you've got to score 2. True. Just keep up. You've just got to keep up. You cannot lose by six goals. Don't get blown out. Don't. Yeah. Well. Obliterated. That. That's. That's six goals is a, obliteration. That is. Yeah. That is very much obliteration. Uh, movie picks for you this evening, if I can pull that up really quickly. Six o'clock on FXM is Deadpool. Six thirty on E Network is Step Brothers. This classic. is, gonna be, this is really classic. Good. I mean, this was unintentional, but this is John C. Riley and Will Ferrell night because at six o'clock on E or six thirty on E is Step Brothers. Also at six thirty on night. FX is Talladega night. Oh and then at six thirty on Sci-Fi, Amazing. if you're looking for some Marvel action night, Doctor Strange is on. As we're getting ready for Doctor Strange, huh? Multiverse of Madness coming Can, up here. I
2: cannot wait. I, I was able to interview Will Ferrell in Talladega. Really, really. Uh, Wow, that's a story we're gonna have to get into at another time. Well, it was a press conference, but I still ask a question, so that still counts. It basically. counts. Oh, it counts. counts. I got to interview Will Ferrell. You, you did. got to
1: talk
3: to Will Ferrell. One thousand percent.
1: So yeah. Tom out here interviewing celebrities, and we're just uh, everyone else is just talking on being the normal yeah. the met,
2: met Adam Sandler on the infield of oh. well. Okay.
1: All right. Now you're <laughs> just stop rubbing showing it in. off. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in and calling in on a Sports Call Wednesday. Tom, thank you for being here.
2: Absolutely, always.
1: Cam, thank you for being here. Yes, sir. For Cam Barry, Tom Beebe, all of our callers, I'm Brooks Childress. We'll be back with a new episode of Sports Call tomorrow right here on Tiger 95.9. Thank you very much, and we will talk to you tomorrow.